Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, April 5th, 2021. It has been 172 days since Tony nominations were announced. James, that is getting close to half a year, just in case the math isn't great for everybody. I am Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway Radio's James Marino. Uh, before we get into the show, I want to uh, wish everybody out there a happy Easter and or Passover if you choose to celebrate uh, either one of those. There is another very important holiday that everybody listening to this uh, podcast will absolutely be celebrating, which we will talk about at the end of the show. But for those more religious ones, I want to hope everybody had a, a wonderful holiday. James, you celebrated um, Easter morning with uh, Peter and Michael, and you talked to director and choreographer Marsha Milgram Dodge, whom I saw a production of Avita that she directed ah, yeah. and choreographed. Uh, let's see, when was that? That was in January of 2019 down at the Riverside Theater. It was great. Starred a Broadway favorite, Natalie Cortez. So the thing about Marsha Milgram Dodge is that uh, that many of our listeners very likely could have had a chance to see one of her productions because she's yeah. directed so many uh, national tours and she's worked in 60 theaters in 28 states Wow! and has had numerous productions all throughout the world as well. So, I mean, just really, really uh, such an interesting story. She was wonderful. Yeah, Tony nominee for um, the revival of Ragtime. She also uh, has done like ton of stuff all over the place. Um, and uh, like I said, when I saw that she was going to be a guest, I was like, oh, I saw her Vita. And it was a uh, very good. I think I might have even talked about it on a Today on Broadway a few years ago. She also talked about the time that Madonna took one of her dance classes, which is a conversation <laughs> that I would need for people to listen to yes. in, uh, in the episode. So if you would like to hear all of Broadway Radio's episodes, whatever they are, before they hit our regular feed, or if you'd like to be a part of the This Week on Broadway recordings and listen live, you can head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. All right, Matt, what do we have first up in the news? Well, James, uh, if you hadn't heard, Broadway reopened on Saturday, kind mm -hmm. of. Um, if you remember, according to New York State, all theaters and gathering places are technically allowed to reopen as of this past Saturday. And one, in fact, did open up on Broadway. Now, as I'm sure all of you know, this reopening order comes with dramatically reduced occupancy, so much so that no actual commercial theater can happen in a Broadway house right now. But that didn't stop the St. James Theater from hosting the first NY Pops Up events in a Broadway house. Jujamson welcomed 150 people into the 1,700-seat theater to see a brief 36-minute performance that was broken down into two different parts – performed by two different Broadway legends. The event was invitation only with the majority of audience members being workers and volunteers for the Actors Fund or Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. The first featured performer was the legendary Savion Glover, who tapped, talked, and sang from shows like A Chorus Line, The Tap Dance Kid, Dreamgirls, 42nd Street, West Side Story, and more. However, perhaps per the most moving moment of his performance came at the very beginning, as he walked out on stage and simply moved the ghost light uh, out of his way so that he could begin performing. After Tony winner Savion Glover uh, finished his performance, he was followed by three-time Tony winner Nathan Lane, who performed a monologue called Playbills that Paul Rudnick had written specifically for this occasion. 
Following the performance, Lane told the New York Times, quote, these are baby steps toward a real reopening. It's a way of signaling to everyone that we're coming back. Uh, there are small, difficult to hear clips on Jujamson's Instagram page. If you would like to see a little bit, mo a little bit more of both performances, um, and afterwards, James Jujamson, president and St. James owner Jordan Roth, said that this isn't necessarily saying, "Hey, Broadway's back," but rather that Broadway is coming back. And to go along with that, obviously, there is a long way to go, but this is obviously a a very vital and meaningful step forward. It's uh, wonderful, and you have to uh, crawl before you walk, walk before you run, and so uh, this is you got to you got to take these steps, and this is really encouraging and and just a wonderful day. Yeah, it's uh, it was very cool to see some of the videos of folks in the theater, even though it was more sparsely attended than even like uh, getting the band back together was. But uh, it no, was no, 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 still... they they had higher grosses than getting the band it's, back together. They did on free tickets. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was still fun uh, and, and heartwarming. They, uh, Ju Jamson put out a video. Maybe it might have even been Jordan put out a video from the inside of the um, house manager or ushers or whatever opening the doors to let people in, even though there was only 150 people. It was still very emotional and uh, very exciting to see folks getting back into Broadway theaters to see such talented performers. I see. I uh I thought that this was going to be live streamed. It wasn't live streamed or there's no it, video, there's no good videos of it anywhere. No, it was live streamed on NY Pops Up's Instagram page, but they did not save it for future viewing. You had to be watching it live. Um, so I did not see it live. So I don't know if that was a better quality, but the videos that are up on Jew Jamps and seem, I'm guessing were actually recorded by Jordan, um, uh, in there. So it's hard to hear. And, you know, it's just from an audience seat. I did not watch the live stream though. So maybe if somebody did, they could let us know if that was better quality. Cause I'm assuming there will be more of these in the future. This is totally unrelated. Okay. Okay. Rob Johnston, call me. Okay. okay. All right. So what's next? <laughs> Um, let's take a real quick break from the news, James, and talk about our sponsor for this week, Audible.com. I'm not saying that Rob Johnson would haps, hap, happen to have captured this from Instagram or anything like that. I totally want to talk about something else. Something or something um, digital totally. movie projector related, yes. Yes, exactly. So did you know that Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place? I've heard something like that before. Yeah, thank you. At Audible, you can find the largest selection of audiobooks, original entertainment, and thousands of popular and binge-worthy podcasts. The kids, they say they've been binge-worthy. Their newest plan, Audible Plus, gives you full access to their popular catalog, Plus catalog. Now you can listen to all you want, thousands and thousands of popular audiobooks, original entertainment, and podcasts, including ad-free versions of your favorite shows and exclusive series. Yeah, James, there is so much good stuff on Audible. I want to talk about a few other theater-related things that we haven't talked about much before. The first one is from uh, my Twitter friend, Leah Nanico Winkler, her play Nevada Tan, which stars Stephen Boyer and Tell Me More former guest Francis Zhu. That's on there. And then there's The Half-Life of Marie Curry by Lauren Gunderson, recent uh, This Week on Broadway guest starring Kate Mulgrew and Francesca Ferradani. There's so much great theater. There's the big stuff. There's the Tony-nominated stuff. There's the smaller off-Broadway stuff. This is a, uh, a streaming platform 
that theater folks, especially theater folks who are getting back to commuting and not just working at home, really, really need to have, James. Hey, uh, I'm sure that Paul Rudnick's got stuff up there. You know, we should Probably. We'll check that yeah. out for later on this week, see if we have any, you know, maybe uh, the uh, Nathan stuff will be an audible extra. Uh, you know, the stuff that he did at the Jujamson and the pop-ups. So uh, visit audible.com slash Broadway Radio or text Broadway Radio to 500-500. That's Broadway Radio, one word. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Broadway Radio or text Broadway Radio, one word, to 500-500, which is two words. <laughs> it's uh, two numbers. But anyway, um, one more time, visit audible.com slash Broadway Radio or text Broadway Radio to 500-500 to start your free 30-day trial today. And it looks like Paul Rudnick has five books that are currently on Audible. Oh, you are quick on the search there. That's awesome. I guess maybe 500, it's 500,500. Uh, 500, 500 is easier. But yeah, it, but if it's one number, it's 500,500. Anyway, so uh, we have more news on COVID's impact of the theater. Yeah, James, uh, we've got a pair of stories from the past few days that highlight just how things are changing for the theater and Broadway specifically. First, Actors Equity announced a new set of safety guidelines for productions featuring union actors and stage managers. These new protocols require a COVID safety officer for every 20 company members, daily sanitation of the theater, free weekly testing for cast members. And then if someone does test positive, the production must supply provisions, housing and compensation compensation while they, I assume, are isolating for a couple weeks. Theaters and rehearsal venues must also provide ventilation that passes the inspection of a certified professional. These rules are intended to apply to shows in which all equity members and those individuals who work on the show that interact uh, interact directly with the equity members are fully vaccinated. Um, there are a few other rules, like everyone must be masked when not rehearsing or performing, no communal food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but these rules took effect on April 1st and will be in place through June 30th, at which time they could be extended or revised. Now, James, hundreds of AEA members criticized the last round of union guidelines, which still must be followed if everyone in the production has not yet been vaccinated. Uh, but what do you think the reaction will be to these uh, protocols that were announced on Friday? Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, I haven't been able to play out in my head. All I could think of to myself was, I wonder how producers feel about this, having to mm -hmm. house people if they get infected uh, and how they're going to do that. I mean, that... Uh, I, I wonder about that. And the COVID safety officer, it, it, I mean, what kind of – I'd imagine that uh, – what, what's the qualifications for that? And I, I, Yeah, I didn't see – I don't know if that's just a company member, like, you know, an, ex, yeah. an equity deputy or something. I don't know if it's something else, but um, I guess we will find out. Yeah, our, our colleague for um, uh, uh, Lauren Class Schneider, who does class notes for Broader Radio, uh, has a new company called Arts and Science that does uh, COVID safety classes and and uh, COVID training and things like that. I wonder if this is related to this because I, I can imagine that it's a, a state by state type of qualification. I don't yeah. cer certificate type of thing. That's it's crazy. I don't I don't know. We'll have to think about it more and see how the rest of the uh, membership feels about it. Yeah, or wait to see if there's any uh, hundred person signed letters sent to uh, yeah. Kate Schendel and company. Mm -hmm. But all right, James, one more story I want to talk about, and that's from our friend Mark Hirschberg, who published an article via Forbes late last week. 
in which he looked at the circumstances that shows we're dealing with when it comes to insurance. He noted that company received $8.5 million. Caroline or change got $5 million. Hadestown, Dear Evan Hansen, Girl from the North Country and Come From Away all got cash from their insurance companies as well. In fact, he notes that Come From Away said that they likely would have had to have closed if it had not been for the money they got from the insurance company. However, a number of shows were not as fortunate with their insurance providers. Tina Cole and the Tina Turner Musicals Insurance Company, uh, Chubb, which I guess is the name of an insurance yeah. company. Yeah, that's um, a big one. They, oh, okay. I, you know, seems like a silly name to me. But anyway, um, Chubb actually had a clause in the insurance uh, writer that Tina had that said that if any national or international agency forced people to quarantine due to a communicable disease, then they didn't have to pay out. Uh, any money to Tina. So last April, Chubb refused Tina's claim. But Tina's lawyers are arguing that the show shutting down was mandated by city and state officials, not national or Ooh. international. There was a bit of further back and forth as Chubb tries is trying to claim that because Italy stopped people from, uh, you know, traveling or whatever, that that counts. Um, but now Tina is actually suing Chubb for breach of contract in New York state court, as is Harry Potter and the cursed child is suing Lloyd's of London. Now that's one I've heard. That's not as, as silly of a name. It's Chubb. Um, but then <laughs> Mark goes on to talk about the competitive disadvantages that shows that didn't receive insurance money will be in if they choose to reopen since no one at this point has advanced sales, ex I guess, except for Diana, since they're on, on sale now, um, now, Tina and Cursed Child, I imagine, have reserves to rely on um, as they were do both doing very well at the time of Broadway's shutdown. But not every show is going to have that, James. And that could be the difference in terms of what shows reopen and what shows don't and um, how long shows can hold on if things don't pick back up to normal levels quickly. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be that's the big question mark. We don't know if Broadway reopens. Uh, what ticket sales will, will look like and what will be the rulings and uh, and laws in the state in the city of New York at that at that point what's going to happen we, we just don't know that stuff when Broadway does is allowed to reopen if judging by the last couple weeks here in central Florida um, when mm. spring breaks were going on I yeah. think people feel very comfortable traveling and being in places with lots of other folks I just saying it's been crazy how many tourists have been here recently so um makes me want to just stay at home even more even though i've got the first shot but uh you know i imagine by the time we've got another six months or five months before broadway reopens whenever that is in the fall i think that there will be plenty of people looking to to get themselves into a theater uh a question for you uh did uh, was this just a, a rumor that Hamilton was going to do a July 4th thing, or did they actually announce that they were going to do a July 4th thing and, and it never came to be? Um, it has not come to be as of yet. It was reported, in, uh, I think, in page six or maybe somewhere else in the New York Post. Um, but it, it wasn't not... an announcement from the production. Correct. No, no, no. Okay. It, was, it was not. It was just a rumor. Although one I can say uh, I had heard from more reliable sources than page six. So it was something that they were hoping to do. I imagine the fact that things don't look like they're going to open until September might make it not possible. But I had kind of assumed that they were looking to do this if things were going to open in like August, you yeah. know, if they were just a few weeks before everybody else reopened and this was only going to be, well, I'll say this originally I'd heard Hamilton was looking to reopen in full on July 4th. And we reported that that was also in, you know, that was reported 
Um, and then this rumor, as things kind of kept getting pushed back, this July 4th socially distanced, limited capacity, high dollar for charity ticket thing was floated as a one um, as a one time thing. Um, but I, I just find it very difficult to think that they would be able to do that on July 4th if the rest of Broadway doesn't come back until you know, two months later or whatever. But we'll see if anybody can afford it. It would be Hamilton. I, I heard that uh, there was a company meeting this week uh, that ju- this this week passed and that um, that's off the table now and that uh, they're talking mid to late fall. Yeah, that makes sense. What do we have in other news? All right. There's three stories that I want to get through really quickly, James. The first is the least shocking news that I've heard in a long time. Hmm. Producers announced last week that when Tracy lets us play the minutes returns to Broadway was in previews when everything shut down. It will be without one of its leading men as stage and screen star and alleged cannibal and rapist Army Hammer uh, has stepped away from the production, citing personal reasons. He said in a statement, quote, I have loved every single second of working on the minutes with the family I made from Steppenwolf. But right now I need to focus on myself and my health for the sake of my family. Consequently, I will not be returning to Broadway with the production. Okay, Army, good luck with that. Try to uh, check in with the L.A. County Sheriff's Office, too. Uh, Next, last week's virtual Broadway Backwards raised a record three quarters of a million dollars as of Friday. The streaming event was available through Saturday, um, so I imagine that we will get an even bigger total announcement later on Monday. As a reminder, all of the Broadway Backwards funds go to Broadway Cares, Equity Fights, AIDS, and the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Community Center. And finally, following the story that Grace and I discussed on Friday, the L.A. Stage Alliance released a statement about the multiple controversies surrounding last week's Ovation Awards. In a statement, the organization's board of directors said, quote, L.A. Stage Alliance takes full responsibility for the mistakes made in the Ovation Awards presentation on Tuesday, March 30th. We sincerely apologize to Julie Lee and to the AAPI community, as well as to our members, voters and the community at large. They then went on to outline a series of steps uh, that they will take to make sure that the organization is, quote, held accountable to the community that it serves, including creating a task force and an advisory board and an operations plan and new partnerships with James. This is all well and good, but to me, this feels like typical crisis management moves in which organizations um, hit a fly with a sledgehammer. And I don't mean that as in what happened with both Julie Lee and Deaf West. They didn't really address the Deaf West stuff um, is small like a fly, but rather LASA is looking to overwhelm one issue with a ton of just perfunctory gestures to make it look like they are taking something seriously and they are taking steps to address it. But none of what they actually are doing directly addresses the issues at hand that led to mistakes in the first place. I said it last week. I I try to very rarely ever advocate for people losing their jobs. So that's not what I'm saying. But rather than bringing in all of these new groups to advise and report on how LASA got um, into these blunders in the first place, Maybe they should focus on actually bringing in diverse individuals into the organization so that the culture of LASA wouldn't permit them from happening in the first place. This just seems like a ton of uh, performative stuff that they are doing to make sure that they can keep business as usual in every other aspect of the organization. Wow. It's like they took a page out of the previous guy's playbook. Yeah. Anyway, we have a feel-good recommendation. What is it? 
We do. I mentioned at the top of the show that Sunday is another holiday, not just Easter. It is, in fact, the 50th anniversary of Stephen Sondheim's musical Follies. Um, Kevin Daly, who, if you are a theater person on Twitter, um, I am sure that you have, have seen his tweets if you don't already follow him. But he has an epic, and I mean epic, dozens upon dozens of tweet threads that goes through a ton of stuff about Follies from um, details about the production to pictures to videos of the original uh, production, um, stories about it. It's a great, great, great Twitter thread. So if you need um, a little dose of Follies to celebrate the anniversary, uh, I have a link in the show notes to the Kevin Daly uh, uh, Follies thread. That is a very, very highly recommended read. That's awesome. I did see some of that uh, today, and I, I pulled it. I pulled some of them out for our little discussion on this week on Broadway about the 50th anniversary of Follies, also the 70th anniversary of the King and I. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Sunday would have been Lori Beachman's 68th birthday. That's impossible. I always think of her as like 25 years old. Yeah. So sad. So sad. We have breaking news. Um, right as James and I were recording the show, we got a press release um, about the NY Pops Up event that we talked about at the top of the show. And it included a really nice um, nine and a half minute video package of a lot of the stuff that happened, including a lot of st of the content from Sevion Glover and Nathan Lane's performances. So we literally just got it. It is not up on any websites yet, but by the time you hear this, especially if you are hearing it in the regular free feed on Monday morning, it will be everywhere, probably on Broadway World first. Um, so check that out there. It's a really, really nice package and uh, highly recommend that you uh, watch that if you want to get a taste of what happened at the St. James on Saturday. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. And somebody will be back and talk with you tomorrow.